The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Contemplating on our, our, um, the word for the year, which is which is what new streams, which is new streams, and um, we are trusting God, and we are praying that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, new streams will flow into your life, from your life, in your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, we are trusting God even as we begin to wait upon God beginning from tomorrow. We begin to fast from tomorrow and we begin to, <laughs> you know, excited about it because we, we, we want to pray through God's word. We want to see it come to fruition. So there will be new streams and multiple colors in the name of Jesus. And God will fill us with courage and as we stand in his word on his word courageously multiplication we burst forth in the mighty name of Jesus so today we are beginning to look at the things that can block the flow of new streams we will start today and Maybe continue as, as next week, but definitely we are starting in that direction today. What are the things that are hindering new streams to ooze out and to burst forth in our life? The question for you and I today is that, are you going to remove that barrier? Are you going to remove the barrier? It's like the dam. So that the new streams can gush out and flow. And, and, and for many of us, we are in the new streams already, praise the name of the Lord. The new streams actually have started flowing, praise the name of the Lord. So for, for, for you, it will be, what are those things that you have to make sure you take out so that they don't block the flow? of the new streams, like, like Paul was saying in Galatians 5-7, he was talking to the um, Galatian 
church, and, and he was saying, you were flowing well. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back? Who has blocked you? God wants us to run the race of life. He says, you are running well. God wants us to run the race of life well. And the race of life is, 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 is very interesting, you know. It's not like the normal race that we know in the world where um, if you don't come first, you've not done well, you know. We, we had a fitness walk yesterday, you know. And some people just, it's a fitness walk, but they are too competitive. They, they just want to come first. And we know who they are. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, it, it, is, it is, for some people, it's not enough to participate. They want to come first. So the walk almost became a run. A race, a sprint. <laughs> but the race of life is not like that. The race of life is not, it's not about who comes first. The, God, when you show up before God, it's not, it's not, did you finish first? That's not the question. When you show up before God, is did you finish well? It's huge. It's, it's big. So, the race of life is not a competitive event to see who comes first, but an endurance run to see who, who does what? Who finishes well? Paul was saying, I have run my, my race. My race. Do you know that if you finish well, you have come first as far as God is concerned? Some people, they show up yesterday because they, don't, they know they didn't stand a chance of coming first. So they are not going to participate because they know they won't come first. They ask, is this person going to be there? Yes. Is that person going to be there? Yes. Oh. They know they don't have a chance. So they don't, they don't show up. That is a loser's mentality. When you show up and you finish, you're a champion. So let's run well for all the champions that showed up yesterday. I <laughs> finished well. So it's about finishing well. Life, with, as far as God is concerned, the kingdom of God, it is more about cooperation than competition. In fact, it is about cooperation and not competition. God wants us to leverage our strength and pull together. We are better how? We are better together. It's about cooperation. It's about different strengths coming together. A, a tribe were explaining how years ago when we, when we were pastoring, there's, there's, a, there's a location we used to use for church. And that location, we had ACs everywhere, split units, a few window units. And we had to move. So we moved, and the location we were in, we didn't need those ACs um, for 22 or more. So we put them in, a, in, a, in, a, um, in storage and, and hoping that when we build, we will, we will install them because, they were, I mean, we got them brand new. So, I mean, there was no point buying new ones. So passing through the church, 
another church had taken the location where we left. And every time I passed through there, I'm like, how are they doing it? This place would be so hot. Because that place is like enclosed. So it does not mean that, hey, you have ACs locked up. Your brothers and sisters are sweating. Does that even begin to make sense? So we called the pastor and we gave him all the ACs. Glory be to God. I've never, I've never met this guy before. And after that, they have not even seen him afterwards. And, and it was like, wow, that's, who does this? And he made a statement. He says that pastors is in his own denomination. We don't even do that for him because we are all competing. We are all competing. And I know we are not competing. No, we are not competing. So, 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 so I said to him, I showed him a large expanse of land. And I said to him, if we have a, an auditorium that feels that's as big as this large expanse of land, it will be filled in Jesus' name. He said, amen. And I said to him that as much as it is filled to capacity, there will be people out there that I can't reach, that you can reach. So if I empower you to reach them, aren't we better together? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> we need to begin to see things as God sees them. Otherwise, we enter a place God has not sent us. We begin to run other people's races. You begin to compete with your cousin that said something to you in primary school. Something is wrong with that. You're competing with people you should be collaborating with. So the, the freer the flow of new streams in our lives, the freer the flow of new, new streams in our lives, the easier the race of life becomes. The easier the race of life becomes. So we're going to look at the three, three of the barriers that can hinder the flow of new streams. Three of the barriers that can hinder the flow of new streams. And there are three W's for easy, you know, to re easily remember, remember them. There are three W's we need to let go of. We need to take out of place so that we can have a free flow of the new strength that God is releasing into our lives. And the first W is this. We need, we must let go of worries. We must let go of worries. Proverbs 12.25 Proverbs 12.25 says, worry weighs a person down. You know, have you noticed that when you, when you worry, you feel you weigh heavier? You feel heavy and, you know, and drudgery and, you know, lethargic. It's as if you are dragging a hole. The Bible says worry makes a person what? Weighs a person down. Worry weighs a person down. Worry 
blocks the flow of new streams. Worry puts you in a place that God has no intention for you to be in. In Psalm 46 verse, verse 10, the good God's word version, it says, let go of your concerns. Let go. Do what? Let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. I rule the nations. I rule the earth. Until you let go of your concerns, you, would, you can't experience the fullness of God and know that he is God. Until you let your, your worry and your concerns go. The more you carry your concerns, the more you are playing God. The more you are worrying, the more you are playing God. And if you are playing God, God, okay, continue. Let's see how far this will take you. Say, but pastor, there's so much to this life. Oh, I just must worry. Really? Okay, why can't God just take away all these problems so that I don't worry anymore? (laughs) As we shared a few weeks ago, God is saying, you, you, you will not worry in spite of the problems. <laughs> in fact, when you stop worrying in spite of the problems, then the problems begin to fade away and God begins to solve them. So, we cannot say to God, solve the problem and I'll stop worrying. You can't say that. God is saying, stop worrying and I will solve the problem. God is saying, stop worrying. Then you will know that I am God. Let go of your concerns. Worry is so, I mean, interesting that it actually does nothing to us. And many times, we are so in love with our, with our worries. Our worries have become our best friends. It's a companion. You know, I've shared before how you know, a lady was in my office and some years ago and, you know, she was, a, she was, she's, she's no more anymore. She was a chronic warrior, you know, if there's anything like that. She was a worry superstar. So, so she, she, she came to the office and, and, you know, I, you know, well, I still do have a lot of time, <clears throat> you know, so. I sat down with her and I took all the things, went through them one by one and showed her the word of God, scattered all the worries. She saw that, you know, I mean, and she became lighter. She was excited, you know, and she got up to leave my office and she got to the door and she stopped and she turned back. I said, Pastor, I'm not worrying again. If I stop worrying, what else will I be doing? What else will I be doing? It's my, it has become my pastime. It has become my pet. It has become something I cannot do without. That has taken the place of God. It's only God you should not be able to do without. It's only God's word that you should not be able to do without. What has God's word said about the situation? You should not be able to do without that. Worry does two things. I mean, it's, it's so... Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Worry exhausts 
your time and energy. That's number one. It exhausts your time and energy. It's a waste. It's a bloody waste of time and energy. It's, it's unhealthy. It's unreasonable. It's unhelpful. It just doesn't make sense to worry. Yet we have very intelligent people. In fact, the intelligence is causing the worry. But if you look at it properly, it doesn't make sense to worry. Listen, there's a difference between worrying and thinking. Thinking, problem solving, will lead to a solution. Worry never leads to anything. Worry just brings anxiety, negative emotions. Secondly, worry exaggerates the problem. Oh, there's a big problem. Oh, this problem is going to kill everybody in this village. Is a lie. Oh, have you heard people say, I am finished? And five years after, they are still alive? Or finished? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, so, so it means that they were not finished. The fact that you are down doesn't mean you are out. And you will not be out until you see Jesus. So if you are down, you are not done. You are down, you are going to get back up. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh yes, you are going to get back up. There's no reason to worry. You are going to get back up. How do you know? I'm not immune to, to life and to situations. I had my challenges. I still have <laughs> challenges I'm facing. But worry? Lie, lie. It's not going to happen. Why? Because of what I'm teaching you today. It doesn't make sense. Intelligent people should not be worrying. It doesn't make sense. It's a bloody waste of time. Bloody waste of energy. Paint the problem bigger than it is. There are, are, are parents that your child has done something. Then you hold your head and say, this child is going to kill me. Have you heard that before? Two years after, they are still alive. <laughs> and the child has not killed them. Exaggeration. Everybody say exaggeration. Exaggeration is magnifying something and making it bigger. Than, than it is. And the only person you should magnify is God. David says, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The enemy says, magnify your problem alone. No. The only person worthy of magnification is who? So, so so what do we do? Psalm 55 verse 22 says to us clearly what to do with our burdens. It says, give your burdens to who? To the Lord. And he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to sleep and fall. Give your burdens to the Lord. You see, 
there are many prescriptions to worry that the world will tell you or tell us. But there's only one solution to worry. There's only one solution to worry. And what's the solution to worry? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the way to remove the worry barrier to the flow of new strength. It's prayer. Take your burdens to the Lord. Cast your cares upon him. Prayer. This week, by the grace of God, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. every day, from Monday to Friday, we'll be here praying. When you pray, God is magnified. Your problem is minimized. When you pray, God takes his, takes his throne, is enthroned on your heart. And when God is enthroned on your heart, he becomes enthroned on your situation. And when God is enthroned on the situation and the situation is problematic, God is going to take it under control. Praise the name of the Lord. Prayer, that's the only solution to worry. You cannot wish yourself out of worry. You cannot talk yourself out of worry. You can be encouraged, of course, but the final, in the final analysis, the solution to worry is what? It's prayer. The solu- there's, there's no other. The solution to worry is prayer. The solution to worry is prayer. You can talk to a counselor from today till tomorrow. The solution to worry is what? It's prayer. It's only prayer. In Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, instead do what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Now, tell God what you need. That's what the Bible says. So people want us to make, want to make us feel guilty for praying to God to give us what we need. They say you, you, you are asking God for something. Someone said to me though, that oh, it's canal to ask God for something. That's when you pray. When you pray, you should just um, be spiritual. I'm like, the word of God says, tell God what you need. So we are going to be telling God what we need. And thank him for all he has done. We are going to be thanking him for all he has done. Since then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we need to let go of, the first barrier we need to remove, the first thing we need to take out is that we need to let go of what? Of worries. The second thing we need to let go of After we've let go of worry, is we need to let go of our wounds. Our wounds. Let go of your wounds. Maybe you have been lied to. Maybe you have been disappointed. Maybe someone has, has come and has cheated you. Maybe it's even a brother, someone that you trusted. Maybe it's a sister, somebody that you relied on. You are wounded. 
You see, for, for new streams to flow in your life, you need to let go of the wounds. You need to let go of the wounds. For some of us, we have actually been betrayed. You turned your back and they put a dagger through it. And you're wounded. You're bleeding. You're like, how can they do this to me? God wants to start a new stream in your life. Say amen. amen. You need to let go of your wounds. Psalm 109, verse 22. It says, my heart is wounded within me. My heart is wounded within me. It is the internal wounds, the cut that runs deep. Many of us, the wounds, we, we, we have physical wounds when we're young. We don't remember them. You can see the scars. Say, what happened there? You don't really remember because they are physical wounds. But the hurtful words that your neighbor said to you or your, a bully said to you or unfortunately sometimes your parents said to you or maybe your brother said to you or your sister said to you, those hurtful words, you still remember them. And those are the wounds that are holding us back from God's best. For you to come into the full experience of the new streams, you need to let go of the wounds. For some of us, it is our best friend, childhood friends that caused the wound. Because of that, you can't trust anybody anymore. They're suspicious. For other people, it's your spouse that has actually wounded you deeply. Your spouse. God is saying to you this morning, new streams are going to burst forth in your lives. You need to let go of the wounds. So, how come we are able to remember those words that were spoken to us that were hurtful. How, how come? How come when somebody tells you one thing that is hurtful and tells you ten things that are helpful, you remember only the one thing that is hurtful? You have a conversation with your spouse. You know, when we have a conversation with people we love, love is passion, do you understand? Because we love the person, we are passionate about the person. Sometimes passion boycotts reasoning. <laughs> so you are not thinking when you said it. But you have said it. <laughs> so, and you cut the person deep. But that was not your intention. So you, you realize it. And you say 10 good things. After. Then the following week, the person reminds you of the hurtful thing you said. That was how you said. But, but I've said 10 other good things after that. Why do we remember the hurtful things? One main reason. The, the guys that studied... Uh, brain and, and 
neuroscience and psychologists. The conclusion is, one main reason is we rehearse it to ourselves. We repeat it to ourselves. We rehash it. So when you keep holding on to the hurt, it leads to bitterness. It leads to resentment because you are repeating it. You are rehearsing it. Guess what? If you have rehearsed one of the good things that your spouse has said, it will erase the negative thing that he has said or she has said. So that gives us power. In fact, it puts the power in, in, in our hands. In fact, the word resentment is, is from the root word resento. And it means to cut again. To cut again. So you are cutting yourself again. The person has said what he said or she said and they have moved on. But you are resenting them. You are, you are rehearsing it. Then you are cutting yourself again. Every time you rehearse it, you allow the past to control your present and influence your future. Every time you rehearse it, every time your father calls you this, your mother said this to you, your sister said that to you, your brother said that to you, every time you play it back, you are giving your past power over your present, and influence over your future. But every time it wants to play, you stop it. And you play the good words. You are cutting off from the pain of the past. You are giving yourself a chance in the present for a bright future. Praise the name of the Lord. And we need to understand that when we get that, really, so many things fall into place. Stop rehashing it. Stop, stop relieving it. Stop, the person has said it, let it go. Says, but if I let it go, what will happen? What's the, what's the risk? I will forget exactly. You should forget. But I don't want to forget. So, you see that the problem is not the person. The problem is you. You have a heart issue. It's a heart problem. Because you want to keep it fresh before you. So that you know how to deal with them. You know? <laughs> you know? One of, the, one, of the, one of my... I don't know, strength, weakness is the same thing. The strength is also a weakness. Is that I forget hurtful things easily. I kid you not. When someone does something to me and it's evening, when we're growing up, maybe there was a fight in the house. 90% of the fights in my house growing up there's always somebody in the middle of that fight. And his name is Femi. <laughs> but the, I will have finished all the fights in the morning. My parents come back in the evening. Then my siblings go to report the issue. Because I'm not always the one to report. <laughs> then they call us. They, they say, okay, what happened? They narrate their own. They say, ask me what happened. I don't remember. 
All I remember, I gave him a punch. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't remember. You know? <laughs> that was something uh, happened recently. You know? I just saw that my wife was, you know, I mean, being careful and all that stuff. You know? And I was like, what, what's, what's wrong with that? Why is she, you know? And I continued, you know, talking and, and stuff. And she was like, you're not angry. I said, angry at what? She said, what I did in the morning. I said, what did you do? Tell me. She said, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. And honestly, I, st- I still didn't remember. It's also a weakness because you should remember something. <laughs> you know, particularly when they hurt you and there's a lesson to learn. You should learn the lesson and let the hurt go. Praise the name of the Lord. So, the, so your past can't hurt you anymore if you let it go. If you let your past go, it can't hurt you anymore. It can't. It can't hurt you anymore. Psalm 37 verse 8. Psalm 37 verse 8 says, let go of anger. Let it go. Let go of anger and leave your rage behind. Do not be preoccupied. It only leads to evil. And sometimes, when I pray God blesses you with this gift he has blessed me with. Sometimes, when people actually come to you and they, they are reading meaning to your behavior, meanwhile, you, you don't even remember. And you do it, they say, hey, he did it because he's angry with me. He doesn't even remember. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to be able to let it go. Everyone say, let it go. The word of God says, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The reason some people are not serving in church today is because they had a pastor that cut them deep. You had a minister that cut you deep. Then you say, ah, me, I'm not, I just go to church and say amen to prayers. <laughs> you know? We refuse to let it go. We refuse to let it go. God is saying to you, I need you to serve. Let it go. Please look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. God will not be telling us to let it go if he doesn't know that it sticks easily. God is saying let it go because he knows that it sticks on us easily. So you have to let it. It won't go by itself. You have to say go, go, go. Bye, bye. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I don't know why I'm repeating it, but let it go. (laughs) If I've offended you, let it go. (laughs) 
And sometimes it's not as you, it's not as you think. Many times, you know, again, um, on Wednesday, it was, it was, was it Wednesday? Tuesday. It was my birthday on Tuesday. Glory be to God. Now, now, and I'm grateful for all the calls and messages and gifts. I mean, I'm just totally blown away. God bless all of you in Jesus' name. Now, but you will not believe it that till today, I've not finished replying to my messages. I have a good problem. I can't tell you, I can't, it's over a thousand. It's well over. <laughs> I don't want to exaggerate. I fi- as I'm finishing one batch, another batch. So, so I, I, I am still not done. So I mentioned it on Wednesday, and a lady came to me and said, hey, that's, I thought you would not reply my message. <laughs> so she was angry already. Now look at him, look at him, look at him. Look at him there. He'll be walking up and down the stage. Somebody said the message, you cannot reply. <laughs> So, so, guys, if I haven't replied, I will get to it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Before the next birthday. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good problem, really. And the way I do it is this. You know, I start from first come. So, I scroll down. I don't start from the beginning. I don't start from the newest end. Tough. And I, and I reply personally. I read it, and I reply personally. It's easier if you do copy and paste. But I refuse to do it. Because I think if somebody has taken the time to send you a message, you should take the time to read it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, 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 so calm down. I'm going to get there. If you don't let go of what is gone? You can't walk into what is coming. You can't. You won't be able to relate to this year if you are still rehashing and reacting to last year. You won't be able to get into what God wants to do now if you are still rehashing and rehashing and reiterating what has gone in the past years. God is saying, let it go. Just let it go. Just move on. Just move on. Job 18, Job 18, from verse 4, rather verse 4 says, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. If you keep quiet and you are reactioning, you are only hurting yourself. Let go of your wounds. So how do I let go of my wounds? How, how do we let go of, of our worries? Prayer. How do I let go of my wounds? <laughs> True forgiveness. True. T-R-U-E. True forgiveness. So I let go of my worries by prayer. I let go of my wounds by true forgiveness. True forgiveness. So you need to ask yourself, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? What wound from the past 
years do I need to let go of? All wounds from the past years you need to let go of. If there's someone you're thinking, I could never forgive this person. There's hope for you today because that's why you need Jesus. And it will help you forgive the person. If you are willing. Psalm 147, verse 3. says, he heals the brokenhearted, Jesus. And bandages their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. And bandages their wounds. Forgiveness is to allow the person go free. Then you discover that you are the person that has gone free. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness is to let it go. Forgiveness is not, is not foolishness. Forgiveness, in fact, is not for the weak. If you are not strong, you can't forgive. It's only the strong that can forgive. And forgiveness is not being um, blinded. You forgive. Totally. You know, someone says, oh, but Pastor, what if the person has not changed? What if the person still wants to hurt you? You know, well, you should protect yourself. You should forgive the person. Forgiveness means you won't hit the person back. You won't repay evil with evil. If you have an opportunity to do the person good, you will. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness is not trust. The person may need to end the trust. Again, because the first time you, you handed it over to them and they, they, they dumped it on your face. So, next time probably they need to work for it. Clearest example is you have two uh, China wares that your great-grandmother gave your grandmother. It's a, you know what China wears are? Good. You have only two. And your grandmother gave your mother. And your mother gave you. Out of all her 14 children. She gave you. And your friend comes and says, Oh, can I borrow one of your China wear? And you value the friendship, but you know your friend, she's, he or she, whoever, is very careless. But in the name of friendship, reluctantly, you hand over the China word to your friend. Be careful, you said. But like you know already, you got shattered. And your friend came back with the china, the pieces of the china. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you first said, just get out. I can't forgive you. You know what this is to me? This is generational. Blah, 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 blah. And they beg you. And, you know, the Lord ministers to your heart. And you forgive. And your friend says, you have really forgiven me. And, and you say, yes. And your friend gets up and gives you a hug and says, you are the best friend ever. And on the way out, and the friend asks, can I have the other China wear? 
<laughs> That's the best illustration I can use. Then, then, then you break out in sweat. And your friend says, ah, I thought you called yourself a Christian. Have you not forgiven me? Now, question, have you not forgiven her? So why are you not giving her the China world? Okay, who will give the China world? Let me see your hands up. We have people in prayer room for deliverance. <laughs> Nobody here is raising their hands. So we have people that says, oh, you have not forgiven me. The Lord says you have not forgiven me because you have not given me the final word. Eh? Go and pray again. <laughs> Praise the name of God. How many did I say we are going to talk about? And there are three W's. Number one is you need to let go of your worries. Number two, you need to let go of your wounds. And number three, you need to let go of your wrongs. You need to let go of your wrongs. Let go of your wrongs, your sins, your mistakes, your regrets of the past. You need to let it go. If you want the new streams to flow in your life, you need to let go of your wrongs. First John 1 John 1.9 says to us, that if we confess our sins, that he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and what? Purify us from all unrighteousness. When it comes to worry, the solution is what? Prayer. When it comes to Wounds, the solution is forgiveness. When it comes to wrongs, the solution is the blood of Jesus. I know you are writing. You can't write and clap together. So when you finish writing, make sure you clap. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Now, now, it's the blood of the Lamb. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The only antidote to your past wrongs and regrets is the blood of the Lamb. The same way the brass serpent is lifted up. Everyone that looks unto him shall be saved. So Jesus is the solution. If you keep carrying the regrets, you are not helping yourself. You need to let go of your wrongs. Sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. We, we are willing to forgive other people, but we are tougher on ourselves. We don't want to forgive ourselves. We let ourselves down. But God is saying, if you want to enter into the newness that I have for you this year, you need to let go of your worries. You need to let go of your wounds. You need to let go of your wrongs. 
Let go of your wrongs. Let it go. Let go of your wrongs. Psalm 32, verse 1. It says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Whose sin is put out of sight. God will forgive your disobedience. And he will put your sin out of sight. In the mighty name of Jesus. He says, yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. The devil is running to heaven. Have you seen her? Have you seen her, God? Look at the record. God says, wait, wait, wait. That's your record. This is my, I have a master record. What did you say her name is? Her name is uh, Chinyelo. Chinyelo. God says, cleared of wrong. No record of wrong. Now, the Bible is not saying, blessed is he that does not sin. Because, I mean, we are human beings. It will happen. You will get angry. You know anger is sin. You don't know. If you get angry, in, in not, not anger, all anger, but you know what I mean. Your wife upsets you. Your husband upsets you. You shouted him down. Shouted her down. That's a sin. It's going to happen. I'm not saying it should be happening. Is that what I'm saying? Uh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you're, you're in traffic and they will not obey traffic lights. And you, you stopped. But everybody just came and jammed in front of you. Before you knew it, you came out here. All of you are bastards. <laughs> Can you remember? Yeah, I'm a child of God. Ah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I remember one day I was, I was in BI. I mean, the, you don't traffic like the front of a hotel. It, it, it went red. There were a lot of cars at those times. I stopped. Some cars did not stop, but I stopped. Then eventually the car... They began to stop. Then I just heard a loud bang in the back of my car. And the guy ran into my car because he didn't want to stop. He wanted to navigate and go. I was like, yeah. Femi, calm down. <laughs> calm down. So, obviously, you need to get out to assess the damage, right? So, so, I, so I got out so I said the garbage. I looked at the guys, there two of them, one, the driver and the passenger. And they said, you will not believe it. Why did you reverse into us? <laughs> at that point, I said, Holy Spirit, <laughs> I need to show these boys. Then I remembered that I, I said, I reversed into you. And they were shouting me down. I, honestly, I would have just beaten them. I would have taken a jack in my book and breaking my head. I, I kid you not. Before, before Jesus. <laughs> I entered my car. I shut the door. 
I'll boil him. <laughs> but I didn't do anything. Green, I drove off. The seed drove by me and the seed did like this. <laughs> you know, when God wants to, when God wants to test your... <laughs> you think you think you live you think holiness is in church holiness is not in church oh. holiness is on the is on the street <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we are all here we are look around who is not holy now everybody is holy <laughs> But for some of us, we have slapped the person. Then you ask God for forgiveness. And that's what I'm talking about. We need to understand that the hindrances that block the flow, we need to let go of. Number one, worries. Let go of our wounds. Number three, let go of our And Isaiah 43 says to us, Isaiah 43, verse 19, says, see, I am doing a new thing. Like God is saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Says, if God says see, it means it's like, can't you see it? It's springing up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way. God is making a way for you. In the name of Jesus. God is making a way for you. In the name of Jesus. In the wilderness. He says, and streams in the wasteland. There's going to be new streams in the wastelands in the mighty name of Jesus. We let go of worry. We let go of wounds. We let go of wrongs. We let go of worry by prayer. We let go of wounds by forgiveness. We let go of wrongs through the blood of the Lamb. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. If you're here, you're saying to me, Pastor, I need to let go of my wrongs. I need to come under the cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb. I need to come under the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. I need to let go of my wrong. I have never given my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I used to be with God, but I've gone back. Can I come today? Pastor, will you pray with me? Yes, yes, my brother, my sister, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, in the privacy of your seat, I want to pray with you. I'm committing, I'm taking that step. Pastor, pray with me. I want to let go of my wrongs so that I can experience new streams. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together wherever you are. God bless you, my sister, right there. God bless you, my brother, right there. God bless you, my sister, over here. My brother, over here. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister, right there at the back. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister, right here. That is me. Keep the hands up. They're going to slip a card in, in your hand. God bless you. God bless you, right there, my brother. God bless you. Oh, once you have the card, please put down your hands and, and talk to God. And, and talk to God. That is me. Put up that hands over your head. Over your head. And we'll pray together. Are your garments. Are the 